Hello and welcome to Quiz Your Biz, the bi-weekly show where we interview people to find out about their businesses and experiences, for top tips and inspiration on running your own business, and, and to learn other interesting topics. Uh, have a listen today while I interview Stephen Jones, who is the business dis- disrupt- disruptor, the, <laughs> Stephen Jones, the business disruptor, uh, about his business. Uh, to view any previous episodes or listen to the podcast, visit quizyourbiz.com or search for Quiz Your Biz on your podcast app, where you'll be able to hear everything that we've done so far. Uh, so so Stephen should be on any minute now. Uh, and at the end of the interview, he's going to give us the top tips around sales and how he can guarantee that you'll be able to close your leads. Stephen, let's start off uh, by finding out a little bit more about yourself. Uh, I know that I will get try and get this broadcasted while you're talking. Um, so this will be shared out to some of the other groups I know you're in already. But if yeah. you can tell me who you are and what you do, and I'll try and get this uh, shared now. Yeah, um, I am the business disruptor. Um, what I do, I, I've had um, several different companies over the years um, from um, venture finance, capital, venture capital finance, um, through to advisory services in the Middle East. Um, and basically what I've done probably since uh, the, the late 90s is either raising finance to put into companies that quite often needed uh, management assistance to fix internal problems when the money arrived. Um, or working directly with companies to help them improve, and that's everything from a you know one-man band working in his in his home office up to um, sort of Fortune 500 level in the Middle East, um, Saudi top companies, that, that sort of thing. Um, so putting in putting in place systems, uh, putting in place processes, um, organizing not not just a specific part of the company, but looking at how everything fits in. So from all the back office systems, how that fits into the staff and the, and the clients, because um, obviously you, you have to have internal systems for your clients um, and internal systems for, you, for your staff. And then moving on to marketing, how marketing feeds into sales, how sales fits into production or implementation, whatever, whatever it is that people do. And then the back end stuff of customer care and, and ongoing support. Um, and, and that, whilst for corporate is quite intense and quite, Quite, quite in depth and high level, and, and can take three or four months in some cases. For the small business, it, it, it's no less important, uh, but m- more often than not, that's what's totally over, uh, overlooked by, by small business owners. So they have no they have no way of recording how they do what they do, as it were, which you can't improve. Okay, so that, so you've kind of helped everywhere along the line from. Uh, starting out to, to all the way through to the right at the other end uh, of the process in the business, right? Yeah, basically. That's, that's, the, that's the main focus of what I've been doing um, over the years. And then other sort of project finance and, and putting things together in there. Because when, you, when you're mixing with those sort of companies, obviously opportunities come along and sort of like squirrels. But, but if it pays you lots of money, it's, it's worth, worth doing. Absolutely. And Stephen, tell us one interesting fact about yourself that not many people know. Wow. Um, <laughs> On the spot right there. I'm quite open and honest, so I don't have a lot of interesting facts that I don't normally bore people with. Um, I stood for council election against Hillary Benn when I was in my last year at university as the youngest ever okay. person to stand for the Conservatives. There you go. And I, you lost, Tim. I only lost by 150 votes. There you go. <laughs> I, I, I won't say when that was because that showed my age, but yeah, it was a while ago. 
Stephen, I think from, from memory, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think generally you live in south of France. That's uh, correct. And you, said, you mentioned you're visiting over at the moment. Uh, and you popped over to Wales for a couple of weeks, is that right? Yeah, I'm doing, um, I've met some people this week. Uh, I went to the Somerset Business Show um, this week. And then next week I'm going up to Birmingham. I'll go and visit my nan. She's 96 this year. So I'll take the kids to go and see their nan. Um, and go meet some, some other clients and some some business connections while I'm over here. So holiday for the kids and a, a working holiday for dad. Yeah, and then back to France. And the... Absolutely. Back to France for Christmas? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll be I'll be down in France from the 5th of, of November, basically. Fly back out on the Sunday. Um, the kids will be back at school. Um, and then I, I'm not sure about Christmas yet. It's complicated. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> you might be here, you might not be here. I might be here, I might be in Spain, I might be at my house. Um, there's a lot of factors at play on that, which uh, gets complicated, so we'll leave that. Okay. <laughs> uh, Stephen, so you've, you told me uh, to put on your, your promotion poster and stuff, uh, not to call you Stephen, to call you the business disruptor. It, hey, this yeah. is your new alter ego, so that's tell the, me about that's that. The, that's the Batman of the, of, the, of the business development world, yeah. <laughs> And it, I, I chose that. Actually, I was talking to Brad Burton um, because, I, I, again, I, I, when I moved to France, I, I've got a small hedge fund in, in the States and I was quite comfortable just playing at it. Um, and Brad said, no, that's not good enough. You've got to get in. And, and so I joined his um, Now What group. And he and I were talking about what am I going to do, if anything? And we were talking about being disruptive because I always have been. I don't, I don't like the status quo. You know, status quo normally means somebody's got cruise control on in the car and they're just coasting and they're not thinking about stuff. So, you know, all the old adages of, 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 a, of a week's worth or a month's worth of experience that they repeat every week thereafter or a year's worth of experience they've repeated for 15 years. And that does tend to be the case. When I, when I go into any company of any size, I'm asking why. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? And the answer is always because we always have. So the idea is disrupt that thinking and get them thinking about why they do what they do. And then you can start to make those changes um, where needed. And it comes from within them rather than me saying, this is a new system you have to do. Uh, as soon as you give somebody a new system to implement, they throw it away and they're going to go back to the old way. Um, sure. So the, the idea is, is that we take their systems that they already use. It's their child. It's their baby. It's their business. And then we fix those systems so that it's still their system, but it's improved and it works. Most people have a system; they just don't always realise it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, why did you st why, why, why do you want to start to become? Uh, is it always just been something that you just do, and then you decided to do it as more of a profession, or was it something a, a path that you just kind of take? I'll tell you how it started. I, I had my first company when I was ten um, because I couldn't get pocket money. My tight, my dad was a tight ass bastard, basically. Um, so I went out doing household chores for all the other people who either didn't have kids or whose kids got pocket money and were allowed to go out and play. Um, and I did that on the Saturday and the Sunday, and it was pretty tiring going out and working, cleaning shoes and washing cars and cleaning silverware. So I went into school with all the money on the Monday, and I treated a few friends to ice creams, I think, at the ice cream van at break time. And then um, the next week, I got them all to come and do the work while I went around and spoke to the clients and made sure everybody got paid, and I paid them half and kept half for me. And thus a manager was, was born. Um, in terms of going in and fixing other companies, that started um, in the States when I had the venture capital company. I raised some money for a company that wanted to expand, um, gave them the expansion money, and they basically blew the lot. Um, they bought a new car, they, they, they upgraded some stuff in the office, and whatever, 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 and, and they didn't fix any of their internal systems, so the money was lost. 
Uh, and I said, never again. You know, that's not going to happen again. So the next time we raised money for a company, I went in with a, with a, an executive board position, um, voting rights on the board and, and a management hand to go in and, and examine what was going on. Um, pissed a lot of people off because I was quite young at the time. Um, I was 20, was it 96? I was, I was, I was mid-20s. Um, but if you want my money, you, you take my systems, basically. And that's what I did, go and fix the camp company. And, and, and from there, the idea of that logical, I'll give you an example. A lot of companies will hire an HR consultancy firm to come in and fix their, their, their pay or, or whatever. And they fix that one part of the company, but everything else, and it's kind of like a, an old car. If you repair an old car, you put a brand new engine in it and then go racing off down the street, all the wheels fall off and the brakes fail and you know, nothing else is geared up for that new engine. So you, you have to look at everything together holistically and make sure that the whole thing is is improved as you as you move it up and that's that that's the principle behind it basically i guess the alternative is just throwing it all in the bin and starting from scratch is that easier sometimes yeah yeah there is a point i mean the, the best we ever had was a company that if they'd have made payroll on the friday um they would have been bankrupt and that was the wednesday when i went in and we turned it around in six months and then he sold the business um, paid off his mortgages. He had three mortgages on his house because he was supporting the business. Now there, there comes a point where you say, you know, how many times are you going to remortgage the house in order to pay for you to to to, to do what you're doing? Sorry, I just got a video call coming in. Um, yeah. So, but we still turned it around to a point where he could sell it. Fantastic. Uh, so, so Stephen, now obviously there is a, a whole bunch of gurus out there and mentors and different business coaches, uh, and there is a, a, a ton of different titles for them and yeah. what they do. Why, why should someone use you? Why are you different to all the others? They, they, they shouldn't. That's the first thing I'll tell any of them. They shouldn't use me. They shouldn't use anybody. They should get out there and work out how to fix the business themselves. Um, because if you want to run your business, it's your business, not mine. It's kind of like going to the gym. You know, why use a personal trainer instead of just going to the gym and doing it on your own? Because you don't go to the gym if you do it on your own. You have a personal trainer. They give you that motivation to keep you going. Um, I've worked in 14 different countries. I, I, I couldn't count the number of companies I've worked with and helped. Um, but I'm not interested in walking in and saying, this is the system you've got to follow. Follow this system. Off you go. I, I'm interested in working with people who want to learn, who want to get better at doing what they're doing so that I no longer have to be there. Um, that's my goal. My goal is to get out, whereas most consultants, most advisors are selling their time and they want to stay in there. I'd rather have your business successful and you tell other people, this guy actually came in and fixed it with me or helped me fix. My... Most of my clients will say, he helped me fix my business rather than yeah. he tried to teach me how to do my business better. And that, that for me is the key in that if you want to run your business your way, but you want to run it better, that's what I'll do to help you. I'll help you make what you do better. That's it. Kingmaker, if you want to call it that. Absolutely. So you, you, you don't do any of the actions yourself. You give them the tools to do it for themselves. Yeah. There's no point in me doing it for you, is there? You know, a lot of people say, oh, oh, I thought you'd come in and sell for me. Why? It's your business. You, you know, again, if I go to the gym and I expect my personal trainer to get on the exercise bike and pedal on the spinning class for me, I'm not going to lose the weight. Yeah. You know, it's not. So it's, it's more teaching a man to fish rather than giving him a fish for a day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know we spoke some on, on the pre-call for this uh, mm. anyway, but uh, how does that, so for the, for the customer, how does that look and what would they pay for, for whatever you're offering at the moment? 
Um, I've got for the for the sat nav for the business. I've got two models. One is the scenic route. I call it sat nav because when you get in your car and you turn your sat nav off, it works out where you are and you tell it where you want to go, and then it plans a route. And along the way, there's changes because you know there's a traffic jam or you don't want to pay the toll road or whatever. Um, so sat nav for your biz. There's a three year course which I call the scenic route, and that's nine. That's sixty nine pound a month if I'm uh, sixty nine ninety nine. Um, and then I do a, a a very much toll road fast route, which is six months. And that's £250 a month. And, and the idea by the end of that is that you've got a document that you've created um, that tells you where your business is and what you're doing. And you have midterm, uh, long-term and short-term actions that you already have been taking the short-term actions, like fixing your sales structure, making sure that you've actually got a, a process that you can follow to work out where the problems are, making sure your accountant's you know, booked in properly or you do your bookkeeping, all those bits and pieces that people hate. Um, but systemize it so that it's okay to hate it, but it has to be done anyway. You know, rather than ignoring the elephant in the room, let's have a system so it's done and you don't have to worry about it. You know, when I do the sales journey, um, we normally do it up on a whiteboard. So when you walk into the office, you can see everything you've got to do is down on the board. So there's, there's no more waking up at three o'clock in the morning saying, shit, did I send a proposal to that guy? And did I get back to so-and-so? Because that's what happens at three o'clock in the morning to business owners. You, know? you wake up and then you can't go back to sleep because you're worried about what you might have forgotten. If it's written down on a bloody board on the wall, you can't forget, can you? It's that simple. Um, so yeah, so okay, so you've got the so yeah yeah sorry. Uh, so you got the sixty nine pound a month for for three years, uh, which I, I'm guessing is that is that one call a month with you or is that no? It, it, uh, it gets, gets a little bit more involved. Now in there's 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 four initial calls um, over the first month where we'll take two hours um, and go through everything on the business. It's it's what in 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 um, advisory circles they call a, a sort of a current state assessment. So we work out exactly what's going on. And I'm already sort of putting in, putting in some ideas. For example, you mentioned, I went on the pre-call about, about talking to um, estate agents um, in order to get referrals. Of course, my, my, my brain's already kicking in now. Going, okay, so we talk to estate agents. What about um, lawyers in terms of property law, in terms of, um, I think you mentioned, uh, which, which would have come up anyway, um, divorces. Um, which then leads on to, so I'm always thinking about, b because I've worked in a lot of different industries, I've got a lot of ideas from other industries that a lot of people wouldn't have considered in their industry. So we, we, we start to throw in new ideas, new ways of, of, of doing things. Yeah, uh, so that, that's how they'd have calls with you, several calls every month uh, throughout the term of the, 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 the three years or more than one term. That first series of calls is designed um, to work out what's going on in the business so I can then assess what needs to be fixed. Um, and then there's a follow-up call system after that where we, we go through, this is what you're supposed to have done. You haven't done anything yet. You need to, you know, this needs to be fixed. This needs to be done. And then I become more of a, I guess what you'd call a typical coach where, you know, I ride them a little bit harder and, and you've got to go and get this done. Otherwise it's not going to work for you, you know? Um, and I used to, when I used to do this in the UK, it was a three-year managed growth program with a, with a one-year break clause so I could get rid of them if they didn't do the work because I'm not going to keep working with somebody that doesn't want to help themselves, you know. Again, going back to the gym, if you've got a guy that's turning up eating donuts and not, not, not working out, there's no point keeping him as a, as, a, as a client if you're a personal trainer. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, so do you tend to find that it's a, it's a typical journey, or is each person very in each person in industry and uh, company very individual or is it more like if you do this, if you make this many calls, then you're going to get this result and you're going to... Um, every single client is different because everybody's got a different end game. 
you know um if i talk to 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 three other mortgage advisors today uh, they will all have a different vision of where they want to be of what success looks like for them of of what they want to do uh, as their exit strategy you know are they are they looking to sell it are they looking to cash out are they looking to to just die at their desk everybody's got a different end game so it's very much like that sat and have experience you know if we all jump into a car today and and we're going to drive from this house where i am today to london we're going to have different trips for the most part because you might want to go on a, on on and pay the toll road i might be a cheapskate and decide i'm going to drive through gloucester to get there because i don't want to pay to go with you, you, you see what i mean so everybody's got a different idea of what their route is um i've got a a client there they're a married couple um and they work in a it's not a shed as such but they've got a an office in their back garden and everybody they've spoken to as a as a, as a mentor or a coach so well you know you need to expand and you need to go and get proper offices and stuff they don't want that. That's not what success is for them. Success for them is working from their home office, um, having a cup of tea, you know, when they want to in their pajamas. And then when they've got to go out and visit clients, go out and visit clients. So w why are people advising them to, to, to go and buy an office or rent office space and, and, and increase the stuff when that's not what they want? That might be what you want, but it's not what your client wants. And it's, it's their business, not, not mine, you know. Yeah, so, absolutely. And then, again, use the gym analogy. You know, if you and I, get, well, you, you did go to the gym a bit more than me by the looks of it, but you know, we, we would have very different goals of what we want out of the gym. Therefore, we'd have a very different journey at the gym. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and that's why I guess you need a, a PT or the equivalent of a PT would be yourself uh, yeah. to help you say this is. I guess I'm guessing what you have to do originally. That the first thing you do is kind of make them push them to find out what the goals are that... yeah that, that, that's the first the first thing i do is where do you want to end up with this why are you doing this rather than working for a company nine to five and not have all the let's be honest it's it's a shitty way to earn a living working for yourself you know there's no thanks <laughs> you don't get recognition you don't get a promotion you get all the shit um and in a lot of cases you get very little money so why bother uh, why not just go and get a job? And that's that's that motivation is the same thing that they'll do in a gym when you start a gym. Why do you want to come to the gym? Because if you're not motivated to get up in the morning and go to the gym, you're going to stop going fairly quickly, as most people do. And it's the same in the business journey. You know, if you're not motivated to work to make this happen, I can't help you. No. And I'll be brutally honest with people on that. Sure. I mean, uh, one of the things, so your, your intent six months, he said was uh, 250 months, six months is 1500 pounds. Uh, yeah. That's a lot of money for most small businesses. Uh, would, would that matter what industry they were in with that? Uh, no, um, it's designed, it, that, that is designed more for the medium sized clients. So they've probably got five years, four or five years in, they're making reasonable money um and they're, they're they're ready to push to that next level now you know they, they've recognized that what they had the, the original see all, all companies go through that shift you have your startup period and you have you're making it up as you go along you create some systems maybe hopefully to, to make your life a bit easier um but then you kind of get stuck in that well this is how we do it we want to grow but our systems aren't ready we don't have things ready for that growth so how do we get to that stage and that's normally where i'll go in on on that on, on that six month deal um whilst the what i call the scenic route is more for the small business owner they don't have 250 quid a month to drop into into this um but over three years you know they, they will be increasing their business slowly and and to I'm upfront and honest with everybody. It's the first month that makes the biggest difference with it, with all of them. That ongoing support, though, is much more important for a small business, one-man band working from home, 
um, or rented office or whatever it might be, because they need that handholding. They, they need that initial change and then they need that handholding going on. Whereas a company with four or five years experience, they don't really need that ongoing support. Um, and that's why I've structured it into those two ballparks. It, it, it's very much, it's not an either or you choose. It's, it's really designed to match the company needs behind it. Almost like I know what I'm doing. Scary. <laughs> and, and would you expect somebody who said so the first month makes the biggest difference are they going to see that return are they going to see their sales go and then you, you experience have you seen them kind of go from up here to yeah different levels? Um, I, I think I, I don't know if he's watching at the moment but Robert Leet um, was asking a question about objections which always comes up um, whether I'm doing sat nav or sales objections objections he, he had a problem with a guy with objections we had a live it lasted about 40 minutes and I talked to him about asking questions on the front end to avoid objections coming in later and explain sort of how, how to structure that and stuff and he went off and then I think every week after that I got a message from saying just hold another 600 pound package just sold another 600 pound package um, and it can be that quick the mindset change can be that quick um, if you do the work you know you, you've just gone through weight loss. I, I remember seeing the pictures of, of you know, sort of the before and after. Um, it took time, it took yeah. effort, but the, the actual change in the mindset's quite quick. Then you have to go and put the effort in to build up the business. And that's, that's why the first month is the most crucial. And the mindset. Absolutely. Uh, so maybe uh, you, you mentioned Rob there. I have just uh, invited him as well, so he might be able to jump on uh, and see this. Um, can you tell me either about maybe he's or another customer journey and, and how... I know you've mentioned uh, the couple and, and Rob now as well, uh, but maybe a, a customer journey that stands out in your mind uh, that, you, that you've helped uh, and that really kind of maybe the... Uh... I'll do it with a corporate client, if I may, um, because it, 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 it highlights a, um, there's an exception to every rule. And whenever I was... My, my basic background is sales. That, that's what I started off doing. I, I had the gift for the gab. I was natural sales person, whatever you want to call it. Um, and whenever I go into a company as a consultant or an advisor or whatever hat you want to put on, uh, the, the, the initial issue was always, oh, we're not making any sales. We need to fix sales. And I always used to say, it's never sales. The problem is never sales because these guys are normally on commission. They're pretty hungry. And as long as they know how to sell and you've got a decent product, they will go and earn their money. That's what sales guys do. We're hunters for, for the most part. Um, so the problem was always somewhere. There's always implementation or the product wasn't very good or they were talking to the wrong clients or whatever it was never sales um i went to a company in saudi that called me because they'd stopped selling and and they were fastest growth company five years in a row um they did software that links uh, hospitals and insurance companies so when you go into the hospital you've got a card and, and it says yes you're eligible and then the second phase is what are you allowed to have in terms of treatments so it's sort of, sort of pre-authorized according to your insurance plan then the third service they had was um, all those documents that you get, all the tests and everything when you go into the hospital, all have to be collated and sent to the insurance company, who then have to have a doctor look through all of that and make sure it's all acceptable treatment for what was wrong with the patient and then approve it and pay it. And that whole process could take up to six months, seven months for some people to get paid by the insurance company as a hospital. So there's what basically what happened was all the stuff on the computer would be loaded into the, into the hospital management system and that would all be sent electronically the same day to the insurance company who would then review it within that week. And so they're getting paid within a week or two rather than six months, which is, which is quite beneficial, but they weren't selling it anymore. So when I went in, I said, well, it's never normally sales. So let's go and have a look at what's going on. I went out with the sales team and everybody loved it. Everybody wanted it. Okay. So I went to implementation. I went out with them and, and we went along to the implementation of the system. 
Ah. In order for that computer system to work, so so they had, I think there's something like 1,200 clinics in Saudi, and they had 1,190 signed up for systems one and two, which you have to do. You can't not do that as a hospital, whether it's by phone or whatever. You have to check the patient's eligible, and you have to check what they're eligible for. So those, those systems were in place, but they didn't have the third one. The reason being that not all 1,150 had the, the third system is because they didn't have a computer system. So sales are going in and saying, this is basically our product. Uh, it's all free unless you use it. Um, I'll send the implementation guys in next week. They can install it for you. Everything's cool. Sign here. Go back to the office. Get their commission. Implementation rock up the next week. There's no computers. Um, so how do we install it? So the problem became sales were basically lying to the company to get money. And, and, and that was unacceptable. So we restructured the whole company. We got rid of sales and, and, and we... Basically, there's no sales left to do. You've got 1,150 companies signed up out of 1,200. You're done. Um, now you need to get management and make sure that they learn how to get the computers in that they need to improve to be able to use your system. Um, so that was that was a massive change, and that, that changed the whole structure of the company, and, and they went on from there, strength to strength. Um, uh, do you still work with them now? Or are you, are you uh, no, kind of done? Once? Uh, they're over in Saudi. I, I still talk to the CEO. We still talk probably on a, on a weekly basis because we, we, I normally become very good friends with my clients. Um, I used to say, you tell your lawyer what you have to, you tell me everything else. And in fact, Jane, um, I mentioned Jane Prober before, she, uh, she was going, oh, hang on a minute, my clients have to tell me anything. I said, well, if they mention something like money laundering, you have to report them. So you can't tell your lawyer everything. Tell me, though, to make it more efficient. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I won't mention money laundering, I'm sure I'll be investigated in about three and a half seconds. <laughs> absolutely. In your business, absolutely. No, you've got to be careful. Uh, rightfully so. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned earlier about one of your, your clients uh, and what success meant to them, uh, working out with Shed and things. Uh, so now to hear more about you and, and your, your business journey so far, what does success mean to you from a business point of view? From this side of the business, helping people literally I, I did a thing after uh, after a talk um, uh, be a better speaker um, again with brad burton i'm sorry for the shameless plugs um and i came away from those things normally feeling quite i, I don't I, i've always done a lot of public speaking so i wasn't expecting to learn how to speak better but, but to find my voice as it were and i came up with the idea of the unmotivated business motivator because success for me in business is more the hedge fund side of things that i do and, and getting clients in and making big money again like i did before but with this it really is helping people be the best version of them or be their business being the best version of the business that they can have um and, and nothing gets me happier doing it for 69 quid a month is is not going to float my boat you know I, I spend more than that on wine a week for christ's sake you know it's not it's not why i'm doing that but to see small businesses develop and grow and get to understand what running a business really entails as opposed to you know, running around to a few networking meetings and having a nice time, but not really growing the business that, that for me is a success in that side of the business. Um, the rest of it, clear mental image involves um, moving to St. Lucia and, and working in the States a lot more with high end clients. But you know, that's, that's, that's a separate conversation. Sure. So just so I get an understanding, do you have your own, uh, other businesses and other projects that you're working on as well as this? or I have a hedge this... fund in the States, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm the owner of a hedge fund, which is SEC licensed. So I'm a licensed investment advisor in the States. Well, um, 
but yeah, that's that's a totally separate life. That's that's a different house to swap hats for that one. Yeah, uh, and I guess from the the business owner's point of view that might want to use you, uh, how will they know that? That's, I mean, sixty nine pounds. Don't get me wrong; it's it's not free by any means. No. Uh, but you want to make sure you kind of you get your money's worth. That that seems very cheap to somebody that could could transform your business. <laughs> It is, but here's the thing: that that seventy pound a month over three years adds up. You know, mm. um, so it's not a small investment that they're making if they're at that level. If it's two hundred and fifty for again for for six months, it's a different level of investment, and it's a different it's a different reason for doing that. Um, there isn't a single person that would come on here now and say, "I worked with Stephen and he didn't help me at all." Um, why only 69 quid? Because this whole idea of spending 10 grand to go to a one-day seminar to learn bugger all at the end of the day and not change your mindset. I'm trying not to swear, but it really, really offends me. Um, and I see it day in, day out. There's a, um, a sales company out there called Sandler. Um, a lot of people have heard of them because they, they work in the UK a lot. And the guy that set up Sandler, um, by the same name, uh, a guy called Sandler, um, he wrote a book called You Can't Teach a Kid to Ride a Bike at a Seminar. And the whole basis of Sandler sales is that you work on this every week over the period of a year, because that's how you enact change. You don't enact change by going, you know, joining a gym, buy all the equipment and everything, and then go home and eat donuts and sleep. You know, you, you make changes by going to the gym on a regular basis and investing that time in you and your body. It's the same with the business. If, if I tell you, come to my workshop tomorrow and learn how to fix your business, I'm lying. So when I do a seminar or I do a workshop, it'll be something specific like how to create your sales journey so that you can track your sales. Um, the leads to close that we mentioned before, that will, that will kick in with some workshops at some point. Well, I'll have 20, 30 people in a room, which is what I used to do. This is how you plan your sales journey. This is what you're looking for along the way. Plan your own sales journey. Here's the leads. Move on. But I'm not going to fix your system or you in a day. It's not going to happen. So this is the first, I, mean, I know we talked about it before. But that's uh, yeah, the first time you mentioned the yeah. leads to close. Yeah. Uh, can you just talk about that very quickly, please? Yeah, that's that's my new program, and that that's come about because I've been sitting on the outside, literally, because I live in France. I'm on the outside, but I'm, I'm on the outside looking in almost at what's going on in the business world, and I'm hearing the same things that I heard back in '06, '07, uh, which is I don't have enough leads, um, and I don't really know what to do with them when I've got them. If I get in front of a customer, I'm great, but I don't have enough customers to get in front of, and I don't know how to get in front of them when I do get them. So what I came up with is the idea of, um, because the internet is as powerful as it is, I can, it, it's a complex process of somebody scrapes data and then we filter through it, we, we improve it, but I can get people targeted leads. So if you tell me, going back to your example, estate agents, you want to speak to estate agents in, where, where are you based? I never asked you. Uh, late and buzzard mainly. Okay, so you want estate agents in the immediate area to start off with around Leighton Buzzard, um, and then uh, you want to speak to the head of the company, for example. So we plug that into the system, we scrape the data, and, and from that I'll provide you with 10 leads of estate agents, the person to contact, their LinkedIn profile, uh, their Facebook kind of, um, address, so on and so forth. And then you can go ahead and start contacting them, however you decide to contact them. And to launch the, 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 the program, I'm also throwing in the, um, the sales journey mapping um, to make sure that you have a system that works when, when, you, start, when you start calling them. So like we mentioned on the prequel, when you go to the doctors, every doctor, whatever you go for, does the same thing. They check your, your blood pressure, they check your temperature, they, they listen to your heart, they listen to your lungs. 
and they go through that system every time because that's how they pull in extra information that might be affecting the base symptoms because you know what your symptoms are but they're looking for the cause of that and it's the same with what i do so we, we we sit down we look at the the sales system make sure that it's a process because once you've processed it you can then start working out where your weaknesses are so if you're not converting phone calls to um, the initial phone call you're not getting any any um any any proposals out to the clients we know that you've got a problem in, in that conversation so now we can look at what are you actually saying to the client and how are you saying it and, and what are you asking them and so, so we can we can build on the areas of weakness to make sure that that sales journey becomes your templated model for making successful sales processes so it's called leads to close because i will give you leads to close and we'll also show you how to take it from a lead to a closed piece of business um, now closing ratios vary amongst people um, when i used to sell on the phone i used to have a very bad closing ratio um, but i used to make a lot of phone calls and um, some people pride themselves on making one phone call and, or five phone calls and having two clothes or whatever. That never really bothered me. Um, but if you're going to start paying for leads, and, and don't forget, when you, when you go networking, you're paying whatever it is, 400 to 500 pound a year for, for the privilege of going networking, plus you're paying for your breakfast, plus you pay for your time out of the office, plus you pay for the travel and all the rest of that. Uh, when you actually work out your cost per lead, it's anywhere from 40 to as much as 80 pound a lead. Um, and that's not particularly effective if you're only getting one lead a month, which a lot of the people I talk to in networking are. Um, so the idea is we give you 10 leads, the £10 each, um, and I show you how to close them initially. That, that's an opening offer that won't last very long because I can't, I can't give all that time away for free as much as I'd like to. Yeah. So when does that start and how can people get on board? It's already started. Uh, there's a link on the web page. Um, there's a, that's one of the under the services I offer. Um, I haven't started marketing it yet, but I will. At the moment, I've been letting it play out a little bit in the groups, uh, and then I went on holiday, so I, I haven't really done much with it um, this week. Um, but as of um, the 5th of November, it will be advertised. Um, and really, to show that I'm a man of my own word, I'm going to be advertising that away from the groups that we're all in, because it's everybody's fishing. I'm, we mentioned it on the prequel. Everybody's fishing in the same pond, so everybody's looking to get people to buy from them, but they're talking to people that are trying to get them to buy from them. So every, everybody's there to, whatever we say about networking and, and you know, don't be there to sell, everybody is there to sell, otherwise you wouldn't go. But everybody else yeah. that you're talking to is there because they want to sell. So nobody's in that receptive buying mode. Here, we're gonna have genuine leads that, that you're gonna contact and work through your system to see if they're interested in working with you. So that, that's what sales is, you know. Uh, and hopefully we'll get some results quite quickly. Um, I trialed it with a client and, and he reckons he, he's very specific on what he wanted. Um, he wanted um, national charities with crap websites. I said, I can't filter out on the website. That's your job. Uh, but I'll give you 10 leads of national charities. So we did that. And he reckoned out of the 10, there are three that he could work with. And that's worth 15 grand of business to him if he closes it. Now, he's not closing at the moment because he's got too much business. Um, but he will do. And because, because he doesn't need the business today, he can spend time building up the LinkedIn relationship with him, the Facebook relationship with him. And then when he's ready to sell, you know, each one's worth five grand to him. So that's, that's quite a significant return on investment for a hundred quid. You know. Absolutely. And, and for somebody who uh, is business to business, that's, that's fine. Uh, even for myself where I get referrals. Yeah. Uh, but for someone like uh, you, you mentioned again, another PT that you work with, uh, yeah. that's all going to be him to consumer. Uh, so is it where, where would you potentially? Um, is it? I don't know if you tell me. Um, I mean, this is this is why I'm different. Um, everybody says, oh, a personal trainer, he, he sells to people. OK, but why isn't he selling to corporates? 
Corporate want people to be healthy. Why aren't you contacting HR and saying, look, I can come in at lunchtime and we could organize um, healthy sandwiches or healthy, healthy snacks for your staff and a half hour of, of basic in your clothes, not needing to get showered workout activities that would keep them healthy and, and happier employees. As an example. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, let, let, let's say, for example, even, even you as a, as a mortgage broker, it's going to take a little bit, a little bit more thought process. But um, if companies of a certain size that tend to employ people who are in their late 20s, early 30s, um, could have you on board to come and explain how mortgages work and actually instead of renting, they could be getting a mortgage, the company would get benefit out of that. So you could theoretically target companies that tend to employ a younger generation um, and, and go in there and do a talk in there and get business out of it. So it, where, where do people work in companies? How can you reach them through the company in a way to benefit the company and make the company look good? Speak to the head of HR. It's not, you know, this is if you ever read any of the Harvard business stuff, they get into what they call blue ocean strategy. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Um, but red ocean is where all the sharks are swimming and everybody's biting everybody and there's blood everywhere and it's horrible. You swim out of that into the blue water. Nobody even, nobody even thought of that. I, I spoke to an electrician who, who's an electrical contractor and they go in on the back of a, a new build or a, a renovation or you know, a loft conversion or, or an extension. And they're a subcontractor and they get shafted on price, they get shafted on payments, they get shafted on everything and they do a substandard service because they're getting squeezed and they've got to squeeze somewhere. So I said, instead of doing that, why don't you go in as the lead contractor, electrical contractor, lead, marketing, I'm seeing a cable now. So that conversation over a coffee just transformed his entire business. But nobody does that. Exactly. That's why you should be thinking about it. That's... That's what I do. That's the stuff that adds on value that, that I can't I can't explain that in a pamphlet, you know, because it'll depend on the client. No. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's... You're going to go ahead. You're already thinking. I am. Because it's a benefit yeah. to the company. If I've got 100 employees or 1,000 employees and you're going to come and talk to the younger ones about, or anybody wants to hear it, about how they could be getting a mortgage, I'm paying their salary. They're going to be saving money. They're going to be building a house. They're going to love me. They're not going to go and want to work for the competition. Yeah. If I'm bringing in the next day a personal trainer who's going to start working with people that actually want to lose a bit of weight, even though they're busy and they're tied to their desks, instead of being tied to your desk having a McDonald's, you're going to have a healthy snack on a Thursday and spend half an hour doing some basic exercises that you can carry on doing at home. You're going to lose weight. Wow, fantastic. This is a great company. You know, so it's about what you can... Uh, yeah. How you can leverage, you sell, I don't know, you sell Christmas cards and handmade birthday cards. Again, the company offers that to their staff. Why don't you, you know, instead of worrying about going out at lunchtime and, and shopping for birthday cards, you can have them delivered to your desk. Here's the company that does it. I, I don't care who you are, what you do, you sell to people. We all sell to people. There was a conversation, one of the threads, one of the groups a while back about, do you, do you sell to businesses or people? We all sell to people. It might be a business that uses your service, but it's people that are buying it. So find a way to contact them that nobody else does. And if you can't think of one, give me a call. Yeah, good tip. Really good tip. Uh, Stephen, what advice would you give yourself starting out? I know I'm probably not 10, 10 years old, but maybe starting out your first uh, proper business. Uh, we've all gone through our struggles. What was your... Sold that for 300 quid, mate, three years later. I was happy with that. 
I was a millionaire. Um, I wouldn't do anything differently, despite the mistakes. And the, the only thing I would say is um, transfer the money out of the uh, British Virgin Islands before they nick it all. That's probably the only thing I would give myself a place. <laughs> um, yeah, just uh, my journey has been a fun one, you know. And again, despite the divorce and the rest of the stuff, there isn't anything I'd have done differently if you said go back now and do it again, except not lose the money the first time. Because everything, everything gets us to where we are, you know. The, the journey, there's all sorts of adages and, and people cleverer than I that write on these things. But what makes me who I am and what makes me where I am today with my kids is the mistakes as much as the successes. In fact, probably even more so the mistakes. Make mistakes. Don't be as scared to make mistakes. Don't be afraid of, of trying something and it not working rather than not trying anything. No, mm. no I, I completely agree. You don't really learn so much from your successes, do you? No, no. You can't because it worked. So it didn't go wrong. So you, yeah. you didn't learn. No. It's nice. Uh, which it's nice us... to be successful, but it doesn't teach you anything. No, absolutely. Um, and, and I guess that leads us quite nicely onto our next question. What's the biggest mistake you've ever made in business? Is there one? Is there not? <sighs> the biggest mistake. Um, I always used to assume too much. That was probably the biggest mistake I used to make. I always used to, because, because I am quite a fast thinker and because I have done this a lot with a lot of different companies, if I come in and solve your problem too quickly, you kind of, people get a little bit, oh, hang on a minute, he doesn't really know me. You know, if, if, I, if, if you started telling me your biggest, biggest business problem right now, and I told him, blah, 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 this is how to fix it, it might be right, but you're not going to buy it. And you're not going to buy it because I haven't created that empathy, I haven't created that trust, I haven't created that relationship that's going to make you want to work with me or buy from me. Even if it's free, you won't take the advice because it's too much in your face. So quieten down, calm down. And again, don't keep all your money in one bank. Yeah. Uh, do you find, I mean, I, I know that this is a bit, bit off topic, uh, but I know with certain things that if I pay for it, I put more value onto it. That's why I'm more yeah. likely to follow it. Yeah. Uh, do, do you think that might be an issue with, with charging as little as you do that people might think, well, it's only £69. If I don't follow it, then it's not much lost? Um, no, no. If, if it was free, they wouldn't take the advice. Um, I know that from experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if they're making that, the, the people that are going to invest sixty pound a month um, are a certain level, and 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 that's that's an investment for them, and it's designed to be. You know, it's designed to be for some of the people you'll see in four end that, that are struggling to get the business working. Um, somebody posted the other day that they, were, they they they'd made a sale of that amount for the week, and they were quite happy. Um, my goal is to get somebody from where they're, they're making very little money to making more money. And, and as soon as they start working with me, I've never had a case where it's not true, but as soon as they start working with me, there's some things that are coming out straight away that are making them better doing what they do. And they're going to see results from that. But that again is why I created the Leads to Close, because it's a, it's a way in for people to actually get what... Because at the end of the day, what, what, however you dress it up, whatever marketing spin you put on it, whatever, um, whatever we're discussing, people want the same thing. They want more leads. Well, not everybody does, but most people want more leads to close, and, and, and they want to know how to get it closed. That, that's it. If, if they can solve that problem, the rest of it's niff-naff, really. You know, the fact that I don't do my bookkeeping very well, that can be fixed when you've got a clear mind because you've got enough money to pay the bills. Then it becomes, okay, well, let's fix that. Let's straighten the picture on the wall. You know, there's no point straightening the picture on the wall if you're not making any money. Make some money first and then fix the other problems. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and do you think that there's some people that 
Uh, we've obviously mentioned sales quite a lot that just can't sell and they should just get somebody else to do it or do you think everyone with the right mindset and tools and nudging along can, can do it? That's a very good question um, and I don't believe it. Um, everybody says, oh, I can't possibly pick up the phone and make a phone call to me while they're on the phone talking to me. Uh, or I couldn't possibly do a live interview on, or something because I'd be too nervous while I'm talking to them on a, on, on a camera like this. Um, so clearly you can, however, your mindset, and that's when you start getting to the NLP and all, all the rest of the stuff, your mindset tells you you can't because you think you're trying to sell something to somebody. And what do we all think of when we think of a salesman? We think of a sleazy guy trying to rip us off in a shiny suit. So mentally you're telling yourself, I can't sell because I don't want to be an arsehole, but I have to sell. So I'll become an arsehole and sell. So you've got that mental block that's stopping you from selling. Whenever, whenever I talk to people who can't sell, they always say, if you get me in front of the customer, I'm great. And they love it. And they always buy it. In fact, I've got a great closing ratio when I actually get in front of them, but I can't get in front of them. And that's because they don't know who to get in front of and they don't know how to get in front of them. If you can fix those two problems, leads to clothes designed to do, then they should be straight sailing. I think if you're passionate about what, if you're doing something, you're doing it because you're passionate about it. Whether you're a mortgage advisor, whether you're a massage therapist, a plumber, software engineer, I don't care. If, you're, if you've gone to the trouble of setting up your business to do it yourself, it's because you don't like the way that the big company did it and you want to do it the right way, which means you believe in it, which means other people will. And if they believe in it, they'll buy it. But you have to get past that initial listen to me, like me, listen to me. I, it's a five-step process I, I do in, in Stop Selling, Start Growing. But that's why I created Stop Selling, Start Growing. It's for business owners who don't want to be sleazy, shysty salespeople, but know that people have to buy from them. Stop selling. Yeah. If you go around and go, these cups are brilliant, absolutely brilliant. You need cups like this. This is from the, this is from the networking show. Look what my child thought was a funny thing to do. <laughs> it's supposed to be tea or coffee. Thanks. So I have, I have, I have cups of really free sugars. There you go. Um, nice. But but if you yeah. sell cups for a living, there's no point going around telling everybody I've got the world's best cups. I've got a cup. Ask me if I need cups first. What sort of cups do I need? You know. So even if somebody gives you an email, sends you an email saying I believe you sell cups, I'd like some. You don't just go because I actually, I didn't want mugs. I wanted little coffee cups to go in the restaurant after. You, you, sort of, you, you have to ask questions and ask questions and ask questions. And by, by teaching people to do a consultative selling approach as business owners, they will get better results because people need their services. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a business before. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I found, and I don't know what you think about this, one of the things I found most frustrating when I started out, uh, and I realized this more and more as I went to networking events, uh, was that even though um, I think I'm a very good mortgage advisor, it doesn't matter how good I am at my job. It matters how much I can present that to people. Um, I can be the best mortgage advisor in the world, bar none, no one even slightly close to me, and that doesn't matter unless I can get in front of people and unless I can uh, market myself and sell myself. And on, on the device exactly. versa end of that, if you're terrible, terrible, terrible at your job, um, but you can sell yourself well, you're going to get lots of customers. And there is, seems to be nowhere in between. Either you can sell yourself as a, as a business or yeah. you can't. And if you can't do that, then it doesn't matter how good you are, no one's going to ever get to know that. Exactly. And, and, and we were talking about this day before yesterday um, at length, um, especially in my world. You talk about all these gurus who are out there. You can go and pay 10 grand for a, for a course and you know, go on a one day seminar and, and, and fix everything in one day. No, you can't. But, but they make a lot of money. 
selling a, a dream, selling a magic pill or whatever you want to call it, uh, that suddenly this is the guy that's going to have all the solutions. Yeah, he's got the solution. He charges idiots 10 grand a day to come in and listen to him talk. Um, I'd love to charge people 10 grand a day to come and listen to me talk, but they're not going to get anything out of it. And so we were talking about why is it that some people, a lot of people will go to these, these shystery things and not make any money and not have any success, but they won't invest as much smaller amount of money for that ongoing development or that ongoing success. And we, we talked about three, three major things for me. They want validity. They want to be told that they're okay and it's not them, it's the system. They want accountability. They want to be held accountable to, 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 to somebody for doing what they do. Um, and, and they want to believe in magic, which I think a lot of people do. You know, the Disney films and all that stuff growing up. It's going to be easy, don't we? There is a quick solution. You were being lied to the whole time. And this is it. Um, give me 10 grand. It's bollocks. It's, but it's, again, it's the same as the gym. How many people go on fad diets? How many people go and buy that latest piece of equipment for the home that they never use? As opposed to actually just saying, shit, you know, I'll pay the 30 quid a month, whatever it is. I'll go to the gym twice, three times a week. I'll eat less calories than I burn and I'll lose weight. It's hard work. Yeah. yeah but that's why you're doing it. Because it's hard work. Or go back to a job. It's that simple for me. Yeah. Um, I get very passionate. There isn't a magic pill in anything, right? <laughs> hey? Sorry, there, there is no magic pill in anything. Anything worth having is worth... Yeah. I mean, I made a lot of money what I considered very easily um, when I was in the States selling investments. And I always considered myself to be very lazy. And I went back in May last year uh, to one of my, I met one of my mentors again. He's 90, he was 96 and he was in a, he was in a home, very nice home. He had a lot of money. Um, and, and, and we talked and I said something about being lazy. He said, you're the least lazy person I know. I used to work for every um, week that the guys in his office worked. I would do that in a day because I would make $20 an hour and I'd be calling from six o'clock in the morning till, you know, I'd, I'd make my last call around 11.30 to the West Coast and, and I worked, but it, was, it wasn't work for me. It was easy, just picking up the phone and asking people for a hundred grand, I found easy. Because um, it's not my money, it's theirs, you know. Don't make any assumptions and send me the money and they did. I always remember the first time I got a check for a hundred thousand dollars, I said, really? You don't know, he doesn't know me, he sent me a hundred thousand dollars. Wow, what an idiot. Um, but I made a lot of, I made a lot of money um, very quickly, spent a lot of money very quickly, um, but enjoyed it, thoroughly enjoyed the lifestyle, you know, um, but it, it was work, you know, I did have to put the hours in, that's why you should really enjoy what it is you do if you're going to do it as a business, yeah. otherwise it's miserable. So, please, can you give us your top tips around? I uh, said so normally this would be around starting your business or maybe the top mistakes. Uh, what would be your, your kind of your top tips to, to somebody looking to maybe start out or somebody who's just started recently? Um, look at what you do very carefully and how you do it. Because running a business has lots of different bits that feed into it. So, from how you, how you track what you're doing. And, and how you monitor it are the keys to improving. If you don't track and monitor what you're doing, you don't know if you're improving. Again, to use the gym analogy, if you don't weigh yourself and take measurements when you start your gym journey, how do you know if you've improved until you get to the toned body fit that you want, which obviously I haven't quite got to yet. Um, 
and unless you're tracking it and monitoring it, you don't know if you're improving or not. So whatever you do, whatever your business is, think about the back office stuff, which everybody hates, and how you can make sure that you're getting it done at the best of times and the worst of times. Your sales process and, and how you market yourself, uh, whether it's, um, you know, I, I could speak to 100 people now who are in one of the networking groups, and not one of them would know what it's costing them to get a lead because they've never actually sat down and said, how much am I spending a year? How many leads do I get for that? divide it out and, and work out uh, a lot of people don't know their break-even costs so they don't know how to price their, their product they just look at what everybody else is charging and charge about the same you know and they don't work out whether that's efficient or not you know if you're if you're not charging enough money to cover your cost of living and keeping the doors open there's no point doing it you know so you've got to price yourself correctly and, and you need to be monitoring that as you go along so so monitoring monitoring what you do so that you can improve it um and and make sure your pricing is correct Yes. And don't believe you have to be a salesperson in order to sell. You don't. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I know so certainly from what you said there, I'm, I'm definitely guilty of not knowing how much my leads are each. And I, I don't even know how I'd start to calculate that. So maybe something I should look into. Well, how many, so, how, how, let, let, let's say, do, do you know where you get your leads from? Uh, various places. Uh, some you will track, be you track where you get them. See, that, that's the first thing. Do you yes. actually do you actually track where you get your leads from? Do you monitor that? Yes. So you know you get X from. Let's say, are you in what, what networking group are you in? Four uh, N and another okay. one. Okay. <laughs> another one. That wouldn't be B and I, would it? No, not, we're not going to go. No, there. no, it's just, just a local one. Place. It's not a national one. Okay. So if you say, for example, how many leads do you reckon you get a year from Four N? For a month, or a not very many. Really? Um, no, I mean, I've, I've only actually been joined um, fifty days, so I'm still relatively new. Okay. I've still not had a kind of a regular meeting that I go to. Okay. Uh, we've only just started the local one around here. Uh, it's only had actually two two meetings, so it's okay. it's so that's a bit unfair then because you're fairly new to it, but. But as you go through, it's very easy to calculate. You work out what it costs you a year. You work out how many leads you get, and you divide one by the other. Yeah. And then you know how much it's costing you to lead. So with, with one of your other group, where, where are you getting most of your leads from at the moment? Uh, it'll be referrals from estate agents okay. um, or from personal referrals or online networking groups. Online networking. Let's use um, referrals from estate agents. It doesn't really cost you anything, does it? Or does it? Uh, up front, it doesn't. At the back end, they take a cut of the commissions. Okay. Um, then it's, that's an easy calculation. You know how much the lead costs you because it's back end. So when it comes to networking groups online, you've got to figure your time into that. What's your time worth? If you know what your billable hourly rate is, then you know what your pricing is. So you know, you see what I mean? Um, once you know what your time is worth, you can work out how much time you spend online in order to get those leads. And how many leads uh, you get? I, I, I kind of agree, but at the same time, it's very indirect. And it's, um, whereas a lot of businesses, if they spoke to you, they could be like, right, I, I, I need a business mentor now. With a mortgage, it's very unlikely to be that case. Uh, it might be one month, it might be six months, it might be six years before they actually need you. Um, yeah. So a lot of the time, it's more the visibility rather than the sale. Sure. Um, which is, again, quite hard to calculate. But because you're, you're, you're not investing money into 
that networking, it doesn't matter as much. As you say, it's about visibility. It's about showing that you're still yeah. there and you're around and, and, and success stories that people can see. So if they are thinking about a mortgage, the first name that comes to mind is yours. But when you're starting to go networking, for example, to four end, um, that's an investment of cash. So you're paying, yeah. what is it, 365 plus VAT, give or take, uh, plus the 15 quid twice a month, plus travel time. You could, you could really expense that out. And then how many leads do you get back over the year? And then you can, you can work out how much it's costing you. Now, if you're going to three different networking groups, it's very important to know which one's giving you consistent returns and, and what the price of those is. If you're getting, let's say it costs you, one company I spoke to yesterday, on Wednesday, they, um, their price of lead is £68. So they know that if they invest £68, they'll get a lead, as it were. Um, it's, not, it's not a magic formula. It doesn't mean that if it is 68 quid, I'll get it back. Uh, I just got down to 20%. There we go. Um, but but, but it, it enables you, for example, if they're spending 68 quid per lead on average and they go to a new networking group or they go to a new business show or whatever it might be, or they do an advert and they don't get any returns or it's cost them £120 a lead, they can cut that marketing out altogether. But if you don't know, you don't know which ones to cut out. So that price yeah. per lead becomes an important... So, and, and that's it. You know, it's, it's about working out what your, what your factors are in business so that you can improve them. Because if you don't know what they are, you don't know. And that's when we get into the whole people don't know what they don't know. A lot of people don't know they need to know their break-even point in order to calculate their pricing. A lot of people don't know they should be monitoring their costs per lead in order to work out whether targeting their advertising more effectively or more efficiently. A lot of people don't know that they need to be monitoring their sales system so that they, or their sales journey so that they know where their weaknesses lie. And if nothing else, if you wanted to your sales journey, when you walk into the office on a Monday morning, you look at the wall, you see who you've got to be calling that week and who you've got to be doing proposals for and things. It's all written out neatly. You don't wake up at three o'clock in the morning anymore panicking that you've forgotten somebody or let somebody slip through the net because you forgot to call them, whatever it might be. So it's, it's just about processes yeah, and systemizing things so that you can't, you can't fall into the shit I forgot trap. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you've kind of given me, I think, a, just on this call alone, a dozen ideas that I can, I could definitely work on. So that's a, awesome. uh, just myself alone. I'm sure, I'm hopefully, uh, a lot of other people watching. I have, I've seen a lot of people come on and, and go off, uh, but yeah. not many questions uh, on there. Um, I, I think the yeah, there's been. No, I've seen a lot of people come on and off, but there's no questions at all. Uh, it's funny, it's, it's um, one of those industries where a lot of people won't ask questions in public because they think that they're going to look stupid, you know, that it's, it's, yeah. they're the only ones with that problem. And I'm sorry, guys, but every problem that you've got, pretty much everybody out in the group's got the same problem. It's not you alone. You know, most people don't know what their break even point is or how to work out their pricing or how to monitor their sales systems. That's why I get paid what I used to. I mean, I used to charge 80 grand a week in Saudi. Um, US dollars, not sterling. Um, but if you wanted to work with us, that's what it would cost. A week's worth of work was 80 grand and I'd send in a couple of my guys and fix your systems. So these are big you know, national companies that have the same problems that everybody else has. And in fact, in most of the big companies, it's even worse. It's, it's just the way yeah. that it is. It's just the same for the small companies with an extra couple of zeros on the end, right? Basically, yeah. yeah. I learned that lesson when I first started selling investments and, and, and somebody was nervous because they were going to have to talk to a big player. And he was nervous talking about that level of money. Why? That's his money. That's what he's comfortable talking at. You're not there to, 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 to 
convince him to make the investment, as it were, at that level, because you're not comfortable. You're there to help him make the investment he wants to make at the level he wants to make it at. You know, so it's, it's, yeah. you, you've, you've got to talk to your clients in their language, not yours. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. OK, Stephen, how can people get in touch with you? Um, so say I, I'm somebody watching this right now. I've got loads of questions. Think what you said is fantastic. Is it best on Facebook or you've got email or have you got a web yeah, page? Yeah, I mean, the, like the, the website, I'll, I'll plug the website in on the comments section, I guess. Um, yeah. They can go to the website. They can contact me at the, at the email address there. Um, when I'm back in France and, and when I'm here because I'm on roaming, um, I just tell everybody to contact me on Messenger. You know, there's no point making a phone call when you can hit me up on Messenger. If you want to see my ugly mug, you can do an, a video. If you don't, you can just do an audio. It doesn't cost them anything. It doesn't cost me anything. And we still have the same conversation we would if we're on a phone. Um, I prefer videos because then I can look at you while you're talking at me and, and, and I can see you. And it, it gives you more visual clues as to what the person's thinking or, or saying or doing. That's a whole other section of sales we'll, we'll talk about another day. <laughs> I completely agree with you. There's less distraction as well. I think if you're talking and you see somebody, yeah. then you're less likely to be checking your email or watching notifications go off or whatever else, yeah. uh, which I'm constantly guilty of when I'm on the phone to to, yeah. uh, to anyone, really. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, great. Okay, uh, any kind of closing comments or anything else you want to add to bits we've missed on that? No, I mean, it, 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 this is something I'm very passionate about, and I'm, I'm probably more guilty than my clients of giving away time for free. Um, because I do enjoy helping people and, and it's something that I've been picked up on a lot lately that, that stop just helping people and, and, and do it through the project for money. Um, but I'm still going to be guilty of you know, somebody calling me up and asking for help on something. I'll, I'll, I'll talk it through. And, and anybody that's watched this today, I don't know, I'll, I'll, put a, um, I'll put my website on the comments below and a, and a little code or something. Um, if they quote that and they, they, they want to talk to me for half an hour about the business just as an overview, I'll, I'll throw that out there for anybody that just wants to talk through, like we've done today with your stuff, you know. Um, happy to do yeah. that. Yeah, little half hour chat as a as a as a well, the, bonus for watching. There is a absolutely. That's a very generous of you. Thank you. Um, um, yeah, thank you for talking through my bits. And there is a, a whole lot of other sides to, to my own business that I'd, I'd love to talk through with you. Yeah, I think you'd have some really interesting perspectives. So, uh, good to put that in the, in the diary sometime if we can have a chat through. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Okay, we will uh, wrap it up there, Stephen. I really appreciate your time today. Uh, so thank you, Stephen Jones, for joining me on this edition of Quizy Biz. Tune in next time, which will be uh, it's Friday now, so next Wednesday, and we're just confirming a, uh, a guest at the moment who that's going to be. But there is a whole schedule up until the end of the year with over a dozen people confirmed already, so there will be some fantastic guests coming up soon. Um, and for any uh, for all editions so far, and to find out more, visit quizybiz.com. Quiz your biz, here 